Have you ever decided to make a healthy lifestyle change but found it difficult to get started or stick with it? Today we discuss the barriers to healthy lifestyle change with the help of a special guest and discuss simple tips to help overcome the obstacles that are preventing you from becoming the best version of yourself. You're listening to Sam and Dave, and this is Primal in Performance. I'm Sam. And I'm Dave. We both work in the healthcare field with over 25 years of combined experience caring for patients. While working with patients over the past year, we both started to notice that a number of patient issues stem from behavior changes made in response to the COVID-19 pandemic. So we decided to do a podcast series to help people make positive lifestyle changes and work towards becoming the best version of themselves. Each week, we break down a specific topic impacting health, and we discuss simple strategies, tricks, and tips that people can use to help enhance their lifestyle. As part of our series, we're going to address one of the key components to making any positive lifestyle change, and that's motivation. A lot of people have good intentions and are great at setting personal goals with regards to making positive lifestyle changes, but they have trouble either implementing their plan or sticking with it when life gets in the way. Well, today we're in luck because our amazing guest, Rishi, knows what it uh, takes to overcome adversity and continues to inspire and motivate others via Instagram. So welcome to the podcast, Rishi. Hey, thank you. Pleasure to be here. Rishi and I first met in high school where we played football together. And I thought, who better to speak about motivation than him? So Rishi, before we get going, why don't you give your Instagram information so people can go take a look at some of your inspirational posts as well. The name is Baba Shrex, B-A-B-A Shrex, S-H-R-E-X. All right. So Rishi, before we get going, do you mind sharing a bit of your story and the struggles that, that led you to where you are today? Absolutely. So I broke my back in 2004, went on vacation to India, and it left me with uh, really bad chronic pain. And I was on I don't know, every opiate you can think of in 2004 to 2006, and nothing helped. And it wasn't until I started working out at the gym, and then I met my ex-fiance, and she like, basically kicked my butt. And she said, like, you have to go to the gym. You have to get a part-time job. She's like, you can't just sit around and do nothing. So that was the catalyst for, I guess, my health lifestyle. And now working out and eating right, it's part of my regimen. In order to talk about motivation, I think we need to talk about some things that prevent people from getting started in the first place, right? So like I said, a lot of times people are able to understand or come up with what they need to change in life and develop their plan. But then a lot of times people just aren't able to start. So this question is for Dave and for you, Rishi, as well. What do you think prevents people from taking that first step and actually getting started? I'll talk it from the therapy standpoint, from the physiotherapy standpoint. People make up lots of excuses. Time is usually one of the biggest ones right away. I don't have time for this. I don't want to do that. My life is already busy enough as it is, so I can't dedicate more time to it. The other big one that we see is money. Right. So people think that they always need to jump in and buy the fanciest things and to have all this other stuff. Really, you can usually start off with very little. So we see those two things as big barriers into getting back uh, their health and what they need to be able to do. And what about you, Rishi? Did you was there ever a point where you just didn't feel like you were ready to start or are you? You wanted to start, but just just weren't able to do it. Was there anything particular that held you back? What held me back was OxyContin. Just being on that, I had no desire to work out. At that time, my go-to meal was a McChicken from McDonald's. And that was like almost every day. It wasn't until I got to Montreal that I started noticing how if I was off OxyContin, I could actually think normally. And so it just led me down a path of how can I get rid of 
basically any type of medication, pharmaceutical, and how can I do it naturally? And that's where I am now. If I don't work out, I get pain. So, I mean, I have a little bit of, you know, more motivation than say anybody else would. But that being said, I could easily take OxyContin and not worry about it. So this is something that I see quite frequently. Can you describe the pain that you had before working out that required you to take the OxyContins to the pain that you experienced during a typical workout? Because people I find tend not to understand the difference between the two. And as soon as they have any type of discomfort, they immediately search for that magic pill or whatever their go-to is. If you've ever seen it, how there's like that pain scale with emojis, essentially, the worst pain is like the emoji crying and cringing and or versus happy. So at the beginning of, or you know, right after my injury, my pain level was at like 9, 10 every day. I would used to uh, cry and scream for four to six hours every day. And now like that, the type of pain that I feel, it's more of a rush than it is like a painful experience that I don't want to have happen. So how long did it take you to kind of get to that point to get Um, from oxys to, you know, now being able to manage? It took a couple of years, honestly. And that was because I tried doing it all on my own. I didn't get any help from personal trainers. I didn't seek anybody's uh, advice at the gym. I did it all by myself. And it's only been in the past few years where I saw a personal trainer in Montreal, Alex Babin, and I started playing wheelchair basketball. And so all of that led me to wanting to research and get better at what I was doing. I I stopped playing wheelchair basketball because of uh, shoulder injuries. And that led me to like working out in the gym. I follow um, a few fitness influencers on Instagram and YouTube. I like to research a lot and just make sure I change it up. I don't like to keep it stale in the same exercises week in, week out. I did, I did actually see on Instagram that you do also do some kick-ass archery as well. Yes? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's Love pretty it. badass. That's pretty badass. You and Joe Rogan, right? That's awesome. <laughs> I wish I was that good, though. So the pain part, I think, to get to Dave's point a little bit, um, to, to go back there. I think people don't understand the difference between the pain from injury pain versus the pain that you get from exercise. Because like you said, it's a, it's a pain, but we, but once you have done it for a while, you don't even really perceive it as a pain. It's more of like either a tightness or, um, uh, I don't even know. How, how would you describe that, Dave? Like, like the doms, like, how would you describe that? It's almost like a tightness or like a, an ache maybe. Yeah. 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 You can definitely have the doms where it's just like general type soreness. I think there's a difference too. If you, when you are rehabbing an injured area, like you're going to feel a little bit of pain, but shouldn't it be like something that's like sharp shooting right in the joint type thing. Like there are going to be some times when it's not comfortable. Right. But there is that definite difference between the two where it's just debilitating versus sharp. And there is, and and like Rishi said, there is a point where you kind of have to work through the initial, especially when you first start, there's going to be some discomfort, but working through that and knowing that it is going to improve is also something important that can also help motivate people, right? I think a lot of people are also hesitant to start because they have a fear of failure. So what do you guys think about that? Is that something that you would experience at all yourself, Dave, or are you Rishi at all? Yeah, big time. Absolutely. Uh, A lot of my friends are like that, where they're afraid of it taking too long to get to a certain goal. So they see it as more like, you know, it's more laborious than it is uh, beneficial. Right. Yeah, I would totally agree with that statement. It's almost like a cost reward relationship there, where it's like, if I'm going to put all this work in, I want to see results. I want to see them like this. We'll see people come in and after three treatments, you're like, well, I still not better. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you've had three treatments, right? Like, you know, it's not going to happen like that. So really glad that you 
point out like the two-year process and even for like minor injuries it's usually about a year long for the whole tissue remodeling process to occur right so there is a time factor and things are going to take time and so then my question is see if it is something that will take a year that will take two years how do you keep yourself motivated during that time to not give up what are the little tricks that you might use Every single one of my workouts is planned and that is a huge motivator because I know what I'm going to do and it allows me to push a little bit harder because I'm not thinking about like, you know, what I'm going to do next, how many reps, how many sets. Yeah, it takes it takes a lot of the guesswork out of it too, right? Like you don't have to think about what you're doing when you go. It's written down. And the other thing that's motivating is you can also look back and see your progress, right? Another thing I find that limits people is that they don't put themselves as a priority. We're all parents. So a lot of times our personal goals come sometimes get put on the back burner because we have to accomplish, you know, real life things. Right. So I, I find that that's the case for a lot of people is that they just feel like we kind of mentioned earlier, they don't have the time to do it. There's a saying, and it says that you can't build a house on a cracked foundation, right? So you kind of have to take time for yourself and make yourself better, heal your injuries, make yourself more physically fit and get yourself in a better place. And then you're better able to provide for other people. Does Absolutely. that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. And I find that there's a little misconception about the time for that. So when we talk, especially as we're developing programs, people generally think I have to take like an hour and a half, two hours, right out of my day to do it. And that's not necessarily the case. Like you can do something in the last 10 minutes, right? And anything to kind of get started to get the ball rolling tends to help. So just a little bit of time spread out even throughout the day tends to be a factor. Whatever time you have, take advantage of it and go from there. But making it a priority is a big deal. If you're just like, ah, I'll do it later, I'll do it later. It's like, no, if you have the opportunity, take advantage and go for it. I totally agree. In fact, after our podcast regarding uh, physical fitness, I actually started doing um, some high intensity interval training because I'm able to do a workout in a shorter amount of time because of what you said. I mean, life, life gets in the way. I have kids. I have to work. I have this podcast to edit. So there's all kinds of things. So that's what I've done. And I, I agree with you. People need to take all the available time that they have and find a way to, to make it work. Uh, just recently, I've noticed that since I started planning my workouts, I've cut them down by almost 50%. Like I can get a really yep. good workout now in like, you know, 45 minutes, an hour altogether. I don't want to yep. do that every day, but I mean like when I, when there's crunch time, yeah, it, it, writing it down makes a huge difference. Yeah. If you know, you only have 20 minutes, use that 20 minutes wisely. Like you said, Sam doing some hit stuff. And if you plan it out, it's really simple. So really helps. So obviously writing your workouts down is important for motivating yourself, but what are some other things that you do? Some simple things that people can do on their own to keep themselves motivated with sticking with a program or sticking, not even, it doesn't even necessarily have to be about physical fitness because I mean, you know, making healthy lifestyle choices can be a lot of things. It could be getting better sleep, eating more clean meals, things like that. So what would you tell people to do to help motivate themselves? Uh, first thing I would tell them is stay off the scale. That's the one thing when people are trying to lose weight, especially when they're a little bit bigger, is that they see this plummet of weight and then all of a sudden they plateau and then they start seeing the weight go up a little bit and then they panic. Stay off the scale. If you want to really look at growth, measure yourself because that's going to be the true measure of how you're doing. Yep, I would agree. And I mean, even easier is, is just seeing how your, your clothes fit. Right? Yeah, exactly. Honestly, yeah, yeah. right? 
Yeah. Like 10 years ago, I gave myself a challenge that I bought a shirt. It was really expensive and it was two sizes too small. So my goal was like, you know, in over one year was to get into that shirt. And I did. It worked. I was going to say, did it work? <laughs> yeah, it did. It really, really worked. I still have the shirt like as a, like a memento almost. Can you still fit in it? No, I can't actually. Yeah. It's for a good reason though. Right. That, well, that's, that's good, right? Yeah. That's awesome. I'm a little bit bigger now. <laughs> Still try and fit in, and then you look even bigger. That's true. A real muscle shirt. <laughs> we used to joke with my cousin all the time. When we go to the clubs, we would be like, oh, you must have shopped in the, the child section again because he would always wear these shirts that were like a size too small. But, I mean, it made him look good, so it worked. Yeah. Another trick that I tell people to do to help keep themselves motivated is find a like-minded friend or someone who can join you in the journey that you're trying to make. R Rishi, you mentioned that... Um, finding a, a trainer or even meeting people who have the same goal as you or are on the same journey. Yeah, I would love to find a workout partner where we work off each other in terms of exercises. Yeah, because that was huge. I had one uh, last year for just like two or three months and oh, it, it game changer. I've never had a better workout than when I was doing it with somebody else. And why is that, do you think? I think it was someone there like, you know, kind of pushing me. I like to push myself, but it was a big difference. I've never noticed that before. Yeah, I found that when I was younger, when I used to go to the gym, uh, I, it wouldn't even be so much pushing myself more. It was almost an accountability, knowing that I was going to meet someone there or that they were they were expecting me to be there, right? So that kind of forced me to go, motivated me to go. Were you working on the gym uh, uh, in high school? Uh, I did a little bit, but I, I didn't do it very regularly. I had stuff at home, so I was lucky that way. And, and I had friends come to the house and we would work out there uh i remember my friends were like right before uh, football they had asked me to come like you know join them in the gym and at that time you know i was all about partying and going out and i was like no no man i'm good on the field and like i wish i wish there was someone behind me saying you know what no man you should really go to the gym and you can work out you know, so you can have fun too but you know priorities yeah, I was lucky. I, I worked out when I was in high school, but I mean, it was kind of sporadic. I, I never, like Dave mentioned, I never really had like a, a plan. I just kind of went in there and did what I saw on TV kind of thing. And like Eurisha, I never asked anyone. I didn't get any input from anybody. So a lot of times I would actually do it wrong. And I actually attribute a number of my injuries that I got mm -hmm. because of bad technique. Dave, I'm sure you see that all the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just, yeah, put simply, yeah. We see it all the time. The best yeah, is when you go to a busy gym and you see it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I would do a movement in not an anatomically correct position because it was easier to do, right? Because you, you use other muscles to do it. I didn't learn how to work out properly until I was in my 30s, honestly. That's really common. We see a lot, it's mostly males, right? We see a lot of guys, they can muscle their way through pretty much anything up until like 25, 26, almost 30. And whether they get hurt during that time or whatever, but that's usually the time where we see like the toll decline and a rash of injuries start coming up. So that's that's pretty common. That, that goes with the high performance athletes as well too. Well, that yeah. might be one thing that we encourage people to do then. If one of the things that's keeping them from starting, especially when it comes to physical activity, um, would be to seek out someone like yourself, Dave, and, and ask them how to do things properly and, and help them develop a plan or an idea. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's a longer discussion because movements in themselves aren't bad. How you do certain movements aren't like necessarily right or wrong, but how they translate into other movements can either be detrimental or positive. Rishi, let me ask you, so you're following some sort of Instagram fitness yep. influencer, is that right? Yeah. Yes. So how does that 
help right now? Because that's really, really popular, especially as we've been down this lockdown period. Does that help you? Does that help get motivated in any way? Or does it find like you're always trying to compare yourself to somebody else? At first, it was kind of like that. But now I just enjoy watching it and just finding out new movements, new exercises, just new ways to tear up my muscle for more growth. Perfect. Because talking to younger people and going back into like those bad movements and things like that, I find that a lot of people look at it and be like, whoa, this guy just lifted 700 pounds. So I got to start doing this in my deadlift. Right. And I feel like we have to take that into context and look at it as like more of a vice type thing rather than I got to compare myself to this person. I think that's something that we should talk about is that a way to motivate yourself is by not comparing yourself to other people. So I yeah. heard the analogy once um, about digging a hole and we can all be digging the same hole, but we're all using a different mechanism to do it. So some people are using a spoon. Some people are using a backhoe, right? And a lot, a lot plays into that. Your genetics, how long you've been doing it, your technique your consistency. So there's a lot of things to take into account. So it's really not fair to compare yourself to someone else. I find that that does uh, cause a lot of people to give up because they, they feel that they're not making the progress that they think they should be making. Yeah. Comparison is the killer of joy. One thing I wanted to mention is diet. Uh, that's the one thing I see as the biggest hurdle for anyone either trying to like lose weight gain muscle whatever it may be it's that they think that they have to eat really really clean seven days a week 365 a year you know it's it's not possible so like anybody that asks me i always tell them like you know incorporate at least one or two cheat meals have a candy now and then and that way you know like when you're eating eggs uh, like one whole egg with a couple of egg whites like it doesn't it doesn't seem boring anymore because you see you know at the end of the weekend that's when i'm going to have my cheat meal that's what i'm working for you said that planning out your exercises and program that kind of thing help do you plan out your diet as well too or your meals honestly not really but i do tend to have the same thing quite often i intermittent fast until uh, 12 one o'clock uh, but yeah then it's basic after that it's eggs uh, a couple of protein shakes and dinner so it is some sort of routine then. Yeah. I think that comes down to it too, right? Like whether you're writing out your fitness program or whatever, it's a lot about routine and just getting the habit of it. To go back to your point, Rishi, about your cheat meal, that is something that people do to motivate themselves. And it's kind of a reward, right? We kind of want to stay away from the whole idea of a cheat meal. It's just incorporating foods that you enjoy into into the day. Like you don't want to have an entire day where you're binging on nothing but garbage food. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. If I have a fried chicken sandwich, it's going to be with a salad. I don't have it with fries. Like I make sure that there's some balance. Yeah, and I think that's the key. And it's all about moderation, right? You can still eat the things that you enjoy, but they just have to take those things in moderation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I find it's remarkable that whether it's eating a little healthier or exercising a little bit more or anything that makes you just any little bit healthier, once you start getting the habit of it and you start feeling the difference, you don't really want to go back the other way. Right. It's like you really start to feel so much better. So I have one more thing I wanted to talk to you guys about. You know, when you're when you're like, OK, I'm going to go to the gym tomorrow morning and that's your plan and you've written it down and then you wake up in the morning and you say to yourself, you know what, I should get up and go to the gym. And then there's that little voice in the back of your head that's like, you know what, you can skip today. You you know, you worked out yesterday. Just stay in bed. You can skip this. So what do you guys think about that? Have you experienced it? And what do you do to overcome that little thought in the back of your head? So coming from uh, a guy who has a three-year-old toddler who is just finally starting to sleep throughout the night, 
you get that a lot, right? So especially being tired, especially being fatigued, instead of skipping anything, my general rule is try and make it a little bit easier on yourself. So maybe don't do exactly what's planned. Try and go a little less intense and at least get something done. Even if it's a quarter of the time, half the time, but just get out there and do it. For myself, if I ever feel like I don't want to work out, I throw on music and hard music, you know, Slipknot, Bloody Beat Roots, like anything to really get my blood going. And that absolutely motivates me to work out. Right on. It's also important for people to know that they need to, to talk positive to themselves as well, because a lot of people are very negative to themselves. And I find that that has detrimental effects in a number of areas, obviously, but especially when it comes to making positive lifestyle choices and decisions. And it's easier said than done, obviously, but it's taking small steps and trying your best to, to just talk positive to yourself, doing affirmations. There's other, other ways that you can do it, but just acknowledging when you have a negative thought, either about yourself or about your progress or about a mistake or a slip that you made, acknowledge that you made that mistake and move forward and try your best not to do it again. It's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to not be 100% perfect because none of us are. Yeah, I agree. And I think that goes back a little bit to the comparison. <clears throat> when you start comparing yourself to other people in the social media world, you can think everybody I look at is this one way and I screwed up. So I'm never going to be like that. That's really negative talk. So thinking, okay, I'm trying, I'm getting through this. I'm going to do it. Talking positive is very beneficial. Yeah. I keep the noise out. Yeah. Great way to put it. Keep the noise out. I think my last point would be make time because a lot of people, like we mentioned earlier, use lack of time as an excuse to not make changes. You just have to find the time. So if that means going to bed later, or if it means getting up earlier, I mean, you just have to do it. And if you look at all of the successful people in the world, if you look at their daily routine, 90% of them get up early. So you just have to, yeah. you have to make the effort. And again, it's not easy to do. Let's say you try to make a, a goal of waking up early and your plan is to exercise and you wake up and that little voice in the back of the head says, you know what? You should just stay in bed. Do what Dave said, which is get up anyway. You don't necessarily have to work out, but do something else. Go check emails, go sit on your porch and have a coffee. But just the act of getting up and accomplishing that mini goal will compound itself down the road. 100%. I read a stat on that once. Was it like 90% of Fortune 500 CEOs get up like before six o'clock in the morning or something like that, or like five in the morning? Like it's, it's crazy. Yeah. All right. So before we get going, Rishi, is there anything that you wanted to share with anyone that we didn't touch on today? Any tricks or tips that you would give out? Never give up. Don't let things get in the way. If things get in the way, adapt. That's all you can do. It's like either you can complain about the shit that's happening or you can plow through it. That's really what it comes down to in almost any aspect of, uh, of fitness. Yeah, I would agree 100%. It's like we kind of touched on in the last podcast is that there are going to be times when it sucks and that you feel like you don't want to do it or make the change that, you, that you're trying to, to make. But like you said, you just have to push through until you get to that to where you want to be. Exactly. Well, thank you, Rishi, for uh, taking the time out of your schedule to help us with this podcast and to share some of your wisdom. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. Thanks. Awesome to have you. And again, I would encourage anyone to go take a look at Rishi's Instagram for his posts and to stay motivated because the stuff that he puts on there is amazing and also inspirational. So once again, Rishi, if you don't mind sharing your Instagram account, that'd be yeah, great. Yeah, it's uh, Baba Shrex, B-A-B-A. S-H-R-E-X. Baba Shrex. Right on. Thank you, everyone. 
Take care. Thank you. Well, this marks the end of our four-part podcast series about returning to normalcy after the COVID-19 pandemic. We hope you continue to make positive changes in your life and to strive to be the best you. Thanks for listening, and be sure to catch our regular podcast episodes where we tackle a wide variety of health, fitness, and lifestyle topics. You're listening to Primal and Performance.